Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money. And today we're talking with Michelin star chef Nicholas Exted, who is on fire. I have been so excited to share this podcast with you. Uh, Recently, Jeff and I had the pleasure of traveling to Stockholm to put together a millennial guide uh, to Stockholm for you and a couple of podcast episodes. And um, we just met with so many cool people. It is actually... I think one of my favorite cities to travel to now, I did not expect I would love it as much as I did. Um, And I'm kind of jonesing to go back there. But one of the coolest things that we did was have the opportunity to sit down with Nicholas Exted, who is a big uh, TV star and has also won a Michelin star. And in case you don't know what a Michelin star is, it is the creme de la creme of being a chef. It's kind of the um, Oscars of, of being a chef. And Um, Nicholas is just one of those guys that you could sit around and talk with forever. He has so many cool stories to share and, um, his restaurant is so innovative. And so we sat down and we talked with him all about his entrepreneurial journey. And I think he's got some real gems in there, not just for anyone who, um, loves food or loves cooking or is an entrepreneur. These are, I think, great life lessons that everybody should learn about. 
And so I hope you enjoy this interview. He is one cool guy, and I am just so excited to share this with you. Stockholm. Like, I mean, there's because so, you're not you're not from here. So. No, I moved here um, against my will, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, because of love. Yeah, my okay, wife okay, lived okay. here. Um, we're from northern Sweden originally, and so is she. And so we met up there, and then uh, we talked about where to live, and she just said like, "Well, either we." live in Stockholm or we don't live together yeah, so yeah. I didn't have an option <laughs> and in the beginning I kind of had a tough time getting to comfortably like settle down in the city because it is a, like well you've been here a couple of days it's yeah. it's 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 a stiff mm-hmm. town it has the it's a very fashionable yeah. town everyone dressed really yeah. nice yeah. Uh, everyone looks sharp mm-hmm. and everyone are very business focused yeah. And so it's very different from the other cities in, in Scandinavia. Like Copenhagen is much more chilled out, soft, kind of relaxed. This is way more, uh, it's a different vibe yeah. in the city. Uh, but when, I mean, but when you, you know, when you scrape the surface and you get to know people and now I have some really nice friends and I, and the, the city is nice to you. And especially being an entrepreneur, a restaurateur in the city, it, it's nice because it's, it has, there's a lot of money in the city so you can, you can do you can do business easily here than in other parts of the other countries. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about like being a being a chef, being an entrepreneur. You know, kind of running your own brand. Like, how do you get to the the place that you're at? Um, well, I think I mean of of course I think it's similar to to everywhere. I mean it's it's hard work. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of like you know suffering and. <laughs> Pain and very good bank contacts. Yes, (laughs) so that's the. I think that's the key, kind of like to financially be like safe and knowing that it'll take a couple of years before you you get it going, and then just being very relaxed with paying a lot of tax. Mm -hmm. That's like you can never like this country is like taxed, and so you just need to enjoy that. Right, knowing that you know the money goes to great things. It goes to you know the welfare. It goes to beautiful hospitals. It it goes to a school system that works and that parents can take paternal leave. So you need to just you know be like okay, that's the thing. Those are the rules. Let's go with it. Right. I never complain paying the tax. I just know that comes every month, the 12th. Okay. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, we met it with goes... someone the other day, and um, he was saying, he has a PR company, and he was saying how, you know, um, business-wise, like, he made the decision that, well, maybe we don't even really want to make revenue. No. You know? And that's such a foreign concept yes. to someone from the States, because yes. that's what we're all about. You yes. Know? Revenue is not an important thing. Right. No. It's not. It, it's, it, it's very different from the States in that business kind of thing. Like, it's like, it's comfortably paying, you know, you need to, you know, break even and mm-hmm. paying your tax 
and get yourself a good living, mm-hmm. then the business is a healthy business. Revenue is not uh, not an important thing to to a small uh, entrepreneur or businessman. It's like it's different, of course, if you're on the stock exchange mm. or if you're a public company. You need to do revenue because of uh, where you are. But as a private business, it's it's not an important thing. No. And is it easy to? Aside from that, run your own business in, in Stockholm? Uh, it's, I mean, it has challenges, mm-hmm. of course, but I think it, I mean, it, that's, it's everywhere, right? right? You have different challenges. Uh, I think the great thing about the, this city is that if you do, if, if your product is good mm-hmm. and you, you put your soul into the product, people will come. Right. And they'll eat it and they'll appreciate that you made an effort, you know, trying to make a great product. Uh, but on the other hand, they're unforgivable. <laughs> <laughs> right. they're, you know, they're like, they're, they're, I mean, I usually c- compare the Swedes to Japanese. You know, uh. we're very like unforgettable. Like if you if you don't do a good thing, right? Like a bad the, dish, the or bad a, dish, yeah. or a bad waiter, or right. like they'll thanks for the meal. They maybe even tip, but they'll never come back. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And they won't say anything. They're not like Americans who are like, oh, this is horrible, you know, or like, right. terrible dish, you know. The, you know, the sweets were just like, okay. Mm, right. Mm. Yes. We'll yes. not be recommending yeah. or coming back here. <laughs> but they silently, like, kill you. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that's a big difference. Uh, but, you know, uh, they're very, like, open to new things. Because of Scandinavia not being a culinary, I mean, originally a culinary destination, we kind of built, have, we have to build a reputation. So it's a, in Europe, I usually compare countries with, you know, wine, uh, wine producing countries and non wine producing countries are two different culinary scenes. So if you look at like Scandinavia, uh, the Benelux countries in Great Britain, you know, we don't originally grow wine. Now, thanks to climate change, we can right. you know, start growing them. But, uh, but historically, we haven't been able yeah. to do it. And then the, the culinary scene has been completely different. We haven't had this kind of like rooted culinary heritage like you have in Italy and France. So the difference here is that people don't have a culinary kind of history from their childhood mm. of course they have memories of their mom and dad cooking for them but they don't have like strong identity to one culinary uh, history right. so they're way more open to new things and that's what's great about cooking in Sweden so if I put an extra ingredient into my dish or if I add if it's not completely 100% Swedish people are still you know yeah. still find it interesting they'll say like oh this is nice this is like veal, but cooked with juniper berries. Oh, usually. I mean, maybe originally you would have done it with allspice, but then a change was You could never do that in Italy. Uh, right, they right, would right. be like, yeah. You, yeah. they won't eat it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, it's, uh, you know, Massimo Buttura, the famous Italian chef, he, sa- he says, like, cooking in Italy is like throwing a stone into the water and making the circles into squares. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's how hard it is. Right, 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 right. We are in a way much easier position in, in Sweden. We have a much more open and, and friendly uh, customer. And they are not, they, 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 they don't always have to be comfortable, you know. And 
that's I think a challenge for the American people. You know, the American yeah. chefs when they work in the states, it's very kind of like, it needs to be comfortable. It needs to be large dishes. It needs to be like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it has to have a certain type of. Uh, they have to cert- cook a certain type of food. But here, I think it's that's what's nice. It's open. Like, um, yeah. And did you grow up always wanting to be a chef or? Yes, I started cooking really early. I lived up in northern Sweden, and um, my parents had a, a vegetable business. So when I was a child, they always like the products were really important because they knew they used to have a market, you know, a market stand selling vegetables in Stockholm before they moved up to northern Sweden. My dad was a white water canoeer. Uh, so he had like he was entrepreneur in the, in yeah. the white water canoeing business. Wow! Very small market. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> niche. Yeah, very niche. And uh, my mom was a teacher, and we grew. I grew up in this very small town with only like eight hundred inhabitants in the rural parts of Sweden. You know, wow. three hour drive to the closest McDonald's. So like. <laughs> Uh, one shop and uh, yeah I mean par- my parents did a lot of foraging and hunting and so it kind of product was always like mm-hmm. just there it wasn't that something we talked about it wasn't something that was like uh, it's just like very natural uh, in on the table so I think that is, is, is a big part of my my um, uh, my cooking and still today like I use a lot of these te- a lot of the te- techniques that I uh, that I that we cooked as a child I still use here in the restaurant so that's that was a big thing and then kind of like yeah and then I started snowboarding uh, we lived in the mountains so I did uh, and then I was kind of like in 16 17 years old I fell and and, and had a quite severe uh, back injury and I couldn't continue like competing in snowboarding and then I don't know at what point who said but it was kind of like in in that like time period that some, that the culinary school kind of was introduced to me and they said like why don't you stay at the culinary school why don't you start there and then I just did so right. so it was kind of like yeah yeah. I can't say that there was one day I woke up and said, like, I want to be a chef, but right. it just slowly was introduced to me, yeah. yeah. Right. And how did you come up with the concept here at, at Xdad? Okay. Maybe tell us a little bit about yes. the concept. Uh, well, I can... Because it, it is literally one of the most unique places I've ever eaten. Okay, so. great. Thank you. Well, okay, so we we'll, we'll can start explaining yeah. maybe the techniques. So, so the, the restaurant is built on cooking techniques. Mm-hmm. Like, so instead of have, being product-driven, as the new Nordic cuisine usually is... Yeah. Um, I wanted a, a, a technical a new Nordic restaurant, <laughs> so that was actually, so. So I started cooking very young, uh, and I, I I worked at different places around the world, and then uh, I opened my own place when I was only twenty two years old. Uh, that was a more like molecular cuisine, uh, and it was really kind of like a success from day one. And I was way too young to do it. I was, just, it was too, I was too young. I was naive. Uh, I kind of like success wasn't like I was. Yeah, it just didn't didn't get to me yeah. in, a, in a good way. Yeah. So I ran that for like six, seven years till til I was twenty eight, twenty nine, something like that. And then I, um, uh, and also I was like, I was introduced to media and TV at a very early age mm-hmm. too and I was a type of a celebrity chef in Sweden right. a television celebrity chef right. and uh, it's just a, it was a very strange thing because I looked at myself I didn't I wasn't comfortable with it and they kind of like the media portrayed me in a way that I wasn't comfortable with or maybe I was 
doing right, it though. Right. So I was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so actually, I, ju- I just quit. Yeah. <laughs> I just left the whole thing. I got closed the restaurant. I quit the TV show. Uh, it was the same period as I met my wife. I was even thinking of maybe doing something else. Maybe just moving up to northern Sweden, you know, opening a snowboard shop or something. Yeah. <laughs> just like doing yeah. something completely different. I, I had like different things but at the same time you know all these chefs that I used to work with and all these chefs that had been working in my restaurant they all were all opening up their own restaurants and you know my very old friend of mine Rene Redzepi opened Noma and hit it like hugely and you know that's one of the you know one of ten maybe people that were doing it so it was like was very and uh, and I had uh, my first child uh, Winston my son was born and I was with him paternity leave at home and it's kind of like really frustrating to see that all my friends were really making yeah. it because <laughs> you know we've always been told as growing up and cooking that Sweden wasn't a or Scandinavia wasn't a cooking destination we could never do like what El Bui or Gordon Ramsay or Heston Blumenthal have done because we were not in that right. geographically part yeah. of Europe where like restaurants hit it big and made international fame but they did and I knew that I had could have had done it if I had chosen a different path, you know. Right. If I would have stayed at the restaurant, I wouldn't have uh, took a, took down the TV career. If I wouldn't have like gone on the like celebrity chef right. leg, I could have stayed in my culinary like where I'm where yeah. I was from, love, from cooking yeah. and dining with love. I would have like made it, and so it was really kind of like difficult for me. But in the same time, it was the happiest time of my life because my son was born, yeah. so I was with him at home. And, but with, and so during that time, uh, so I was just I was staying a lot at home, and I found this wonderful house out on the islands here in Stockholm, and in the Acapelagos, and uh, it still didn't need a ferry, so you could drive out there, which mm-hmm. is quite unusual out on the island. So I kind of like oh, I wanted the house. I went out and looked at it. And I called my wife, and she said, like, oh, where is it? It's like, oh, I, said, I said the island, and she knew it, of course. And I said, okay, okay. Uh, and how much is it, she said. And I said, and I told her how much it was, and it was, wasn't that expensive. And she said, are you sure about that? That's a house out on the island, sure it's that price? I'm like, sure, yeah. And I'm talking to the, to, to the guy here now, the, what do you call the broker, uh, the yeah. uh, real estate yeah. broker. Yeah. And then he said, like, but she said, buy it. Like, buy it now. Otherwise, there's someone else buy it. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll buy it. Like, okay, I'll have it. And then we went to the bank and we settled all the papers. Yeah. I bought it the same day. I said, I looked at it. Wow. And then I came home and we had dinner in the city. And like, and my wife's like, we talked about the house. And then I just like, and then I broke it. I was like, you know what? <clears throat> and she's like, oh, and she was very happy. And I said, it doesn't, it doesn't have electricity. And no running water. She was all quiet, like, what? She's like, you never heard of that in Sweden. Right. Not, in, in, not in Stockholm. Right. Like, every house has electricity. Right. And she's like, it doesn't have electricity? It's like, no. And she's like, well, and no running water. Like, well, there's a well, but there's no running water. And she's like, okay, okay, that's strange. And then she thought I was lying. So she, 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 didn't, she didn't take it that bad. She was like, well, right. he, he hasn't looked through yeah. the papers, you know. He's like, he's, it's yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be electricity. It's got to be water. And then she started looking through the paper, and she, she called me. It's like, there's no electricity. <laughs> no, I told you. <laughs> okay, so uh, but then she got out and looked at it, and she loved the place as well. And then we started, and we had this young child, and we started, and the summer was coming up, and we started like settling down on the house, and we rented out the apartment, and and we started uh, our life out there, and then kind of like. 
that was the thing. Like, how do we how do we cook? Like, we love cooking. We love like family meals. We're not gonna go and buy you know yeah. ready to eat meals yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and heat them up on nothing. Right. You know, we, we, we're gonna cook here, and so we built it like a stove, a wooden stove. We started like uh, reading about uh, Swedish like uh, cooking techniques over open fire. We built a fire pit. Uh, we got the well going and we got a pump up in the back of the house so we could pump hand pump the water into the house we made it we built it a shower there was there was there was so many things we could do in the house that when you started reading about it and there's people with these challenges everywhere uh, we got this small solar panel up so we could charge our phones because that was <laughs> essential you know I, I think I started charging my phone before I started cooking yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, priority. Yeah, it's priority. And, uh, yeah, and then, and then kind of like, and then it just grew into people coming over to the house, chefs, friends coming and eat dinners, and, you know, all these people in the restaurant business here in Stockholm coming over to the house, just our friends, and everyone's just, oh, so good, this food is just excellent. And, and uh, my wife was also pregnant with her, um, with our second child, and, and so we were, at the same time, we went to the... Um, uh, to the not the doctor. It's not called a doctor when you're pregnant. Is it's a yeah, uh, like a obstetrician. Yeah, like a, yeah. checking your yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's like, oh, you, you all your values are great, and you like, and because she was eating so well, because we yeah. were like cooking cast iron, and iron is something you need when you you're pregnant. Yes. And I was cooking all these vegetables and seasonal vegetables and everything. That might be the secret. You might be able to patent that idea. <laughs> yes, <laughs> functional food, yes. but functional technical yes. food. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so it, it was just excellent. It was a wonderful time of our life. And uh, I still remember that first summer. It's just something so wonderful. And um, at the same time, you know, because, you know, it's always like that when you quit, right? When you stop yeah. doing something, all the best, all the yeah, people come I, to you yeah. and ask you stuff. Like, yeah. why, why didn't you ask me this, like, years ago? And then, so what happened was that uh, this restaurateur uh, business guy here in the city uh, that I'm still working with, uh, he called me up and said, like, well, do you know what? I have this wonderful space in the city that I would love you to look at. I think it would be a great restaurant for you. And it's like ah, you know, I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna run any more restaurants. And then I like I didn't even tell my wife because I knew she would kill me if I told her <laughs> open a restaurant with two small childs and like and no running and water. No running water. <laughs> like ah, oh, I just bought a restaurant. And and then he kind of called me again and said like, well, I really want you to come down and look at the restaurant. And then I just and then I went. So this is it. This is where we are. I went down and there was of course it didn't look like this, but. Uh, he just asked me if I want some coffee and um, I came down to the restaurant and came, I walked down in the middle of, of, of the dining room and then I looked on the left and there was a wooden fire a wooden oven because it's been yeah. an Italian pizza place oh. and extraction like nothing else and, and then I asked him like why, why is this extraction so huge why, why are the pipes so big oh well do you know what they they used so much wood in here because it was so popular so they needed like a double pipe extraction and then the special chimney on the roof mm. and then i kind of like i thought yeah. of the cooking at home it and all <laughs> it all came circle. down yeah and then i just like ah okay so maybe i could like cook like swedish cooking technique and then i kind of like i i actually went home i, I, I even 
uh, forget to fill up the car with gas because <laughs> I was driving yeah. back to the house and I was just thinking so much of this birch wood that I actually ran out of gas. <laughs> so I had to go to a local farmer to get extra gas for the car. And then I filled it up and then I went home and then I kind of and then I and then I had to tell her. And then but she took it really well and she's like, "Oh, well, that's re-, and she also thought it was really mm-hmm. smart like yeah. at once like when you started talking about it that yeah. You know, it all made sense, you know, like, of course, cooking with birch, Mm -hmm. being Swedish, being from northern Sweden, living in a house without, I mean, it's like that moment where everything everything just like makes sense. And um, yeah, and and then I was just so excited. And then I started like looking for a team, Mm -hmm. interior architect and. The business side. The business side of it, uh, started working with that to try and, um, and uh, I knew that I had to take only young people to work with me mm. because I thought like I'll take people like in the 20s only <laughs> because I mean old chefs old I mean they just wouldn't do it right, right. they right. wouldn't like why would you want to do that <laughs> I knew I had to have young right, soldiers right, now that right. they're being asked like interest and, and, and I found some great people that so what do you guys exactly cook with here birch just just, just and that, yeah, yeah. that's just yeah. fire and wood yes. and yeah. yeah some yeah. charcoal too right so, uh, we use a little bit of charcoal that's actually kind of new we started okay. working with charcoal uh, a month, two months, we've been doing gotcha. charcoal okay, things. Okay, uh, but okay. But usually we only use birch. Right. Yeah. Right, right. And obviously it's been well-received. Yes, so. amazingly well-received. And especially being, uh, maybe like in U.S. standard, this is pretty a real restaurant with seats. And mm-hmm. But here in, in Europe, this is considered like casual brasserie. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have like... Right. Cloths. It doesn't have right. like, but we still kind of like. Yeah. I know that in the U.S., kind of like a Michelin star can can come to a restaurant that is kind of like rustique and, yeah, yeah. and but here it's yeah. kind of unusual. Right. Yeah. Well, but it's now it's sort of changed. Though, it's isn't changing it? quickly. Yeah. That's true. It yeah. is, and I think that's really good thing. Yeah. And I think that's really good for the Guinness Michelin. I think it's 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 a, it, it it they really need that. Right. Yeah. Side right. Of it. Yeah. Why do you, why do you think it's changed uh, here? Uh, in Sweden, yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, why, it's, it's why, why, why is, is the fine dining kind of changed to that? Um, it's just what the customers want, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 yeah. it's a market, so people don't want stiff restaurants. Yeah. People right. want casual places, but they still want great food. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's why. Right. So the like when we walked in, I, I told mm. Jeff like the feeling I get from this is like I'm. I mean, I expect like a warm, cozy fire. Like, yes. Just the colors. How much? <laughs> How much of the food influences the space or the space influencing the food? Uh, well, it was definitely the food that influenced the space, of course, because I, I didn't know how the restaurant mm-hmm. was going to look like until yeah. I started uh, cooking. Mm-hmm. So we started cooking, uh, and then we kind of came up with a couple of dishes, and then I worked with Jeanette, who did the interior, and she was very kind of like... Uh, she wanted to get that whole idea of growing up in Sweden and you know getting all the materials to be Swedish right. so every single piece of metal and wood and is is local is, is local from where I'm from right. wow. uh, the the tree is fruit wood from my grandparents summer house down in southern Sweden's pear and apple and then the leather is from from Sweden from northern Sweden and all the stone is from uh, this uh, Stonebrook in uh, in northern Sweden too, and also the all the metal and the brass and copper is also from Sweden and the cast iron as well. Right. So it's a very kind of like yeah. Uh, we try uh, the wood is pine, 
the oh. floor is Right, right. Yeah. Um, and, and you guys have... Uh, you, you, you released a cookbook recently, too. Didn't yes. You? Just, yeah. Uh, have you got it? Uh, I don't know. Okay, no. I'll, I'll bring, get you a copy oh, well, before you, you leave. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so how did that, how did that ha- happen, and, and has that been pretty successful? Uh, well, it's just out. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. okay. So it's, uh, that's, uh, it, it came out a month ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was before, because I thought yeah. I'd get an email before it Okay, out. yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So it's been in, in the stores for a month. Okay. Uh, and, uh, well, we'll see now. I think that Christmas sales will yeah. make it like... Uh, we'll see if it makes it or break it but the publisher says I asked her actually yesterday and I asked her how sales going she said sales are doing good I don't know so whatever that means <laughs> you sold some books yes. <laughs> so, so I don't right. know in numbers how much that is but it's doing it's doing okay and so we um, uh, yeah so I wanted to do a book of course but I didn't want to do it like an ambitious restaurant book I, didn't, I wanted to do more the story of you know home cooking, mm-hmm. how to cook an analog chef mm-hmm. at home, okay. and I try to do it as convenient and as you can with that yeah. those techniques. Of course, it's a little more complicated than turning the gas stove on, but yeah. uh, it's it. I, I think it's uh, I think it's working though. A lot of people are buying it and enjoying it. So yeah, right, right. it's be out in in US in April. Oh, cool, mm-hmm. cool, cool. And and did you get back into television then after like? Yeah, do a few appearances, yeah. but I don't have my own show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but I do kind of like. I do a little some collaborations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, but I don't have a permanent like, right. which I used to do like once a week. Right, right, right. And but I'm kind of happy with that. Right, right. It's very comfortable. <laughs> well, like I was gonna this. say, are you more comfortable now, even yes. when you do appearance yeah. on news or something like that? Yeah, I think so. I kind of like I, it's. Yeah, I, I don't have that kind of like. I don't. I don't know. I guess it's like a thing like growing up as well. Like you don't. Just having a, a family of your own, you kind of like. There's other important things in life, yeah, like right. running your business, right. you know, getting the kids to school, right. and right. then you're kind of happy with that. And like right. being a celebrity is nothing like right. that's really right. important to me anymore. Right. Which right. maybe it was once, but I think that was it, it's it's really really dangerous trying to be being like a celebrity famous for. You know, you need a product. You know, yeah, it's yeah, just. Right. It, right. it has to be something there to right. talk about and right. it's just like this you know as, yeah, yeah. as you're asking me these questions they're just obvious to me right. like I can like I can talk all day about my the way that we work and the techniques the way we yeah. use birch the way we use cast iron yeah. in which ways you know right. my chefs you know come up with new ideas how we bake bread our, you know our wheat you know yeah. I, I could talk forever about that but if you would ask me like oh what's important to you in, on TV it would be like yeah. <laughs> it would be yeah. it would be way more yeah. difficult for me to explain what, right. what's like yeah. yeah so are there any other like uh, you know, with the success of this restaurant, mm. are there any other projects that you... Yes, well, I really want to go to the UK, kind of like, yeah, so I would love to have a restaurant there as well. Um, I have a lot of friends in London, and I've spent a lot of time there, and my parents lived there a short time when I was a kid as well, so we lived there for a year when I was a child, and I have my brothers there, and my... Yeah, so it's like... That I'm looking to, maybe to have something... In, in England, and is that that's just a whole different culinary scene. Then? Yes, I mean it. It is very different. London is super, super competitive, and it, it's a difficult city to to cook in. And uh, 
Uh, but I, I would like to give it a, a go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would like to try. At least, I mean, this American friend told me once that you Swedes are so lucky. You have the best insurance company in the world. It's called Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's kind of true. I never thought of it, but it's true. It's kind of like, you can, like, you can... You can really fuck up anywhere, yeah. but you still can always move back to Sweden. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. So that is very true. Yeah, yeah. The, hosp- yeah no, the hospitals and the school system and everything is just like, well, you know, you could be broke here and still kind of comfortable. Right, huh. right, right. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think with this restaurant you kind of hit your stride as a, as yes, a chef? Yes, definitely. Like, yeah. like some, and you discovered a whole other side of yourself. Of that course. You, it was a, definitely yeah. my comment. It was comment. there. It was yes. there. I yeah. mean, it was there, and, and, and yeah. I had, of course, a platform, and yeah. maybe it would have been difficult for someone else to pull it yeah. off, like financially, to get the money right. going and stuff like that, but, right. but it was definitely my comeback and my, my international breakthrough, definitely, yeah. Right. Before this, I mean, I mean, people in Sweden knew who I was, or like there were people kind of like in the culinary world who knew me but I mean it was after this I kind of like I go abroad and you know I can I talk at food events and I'm invited to different uh, different events all over the world so it was definitely uh, uh, something that was uh, made made me a, a new career right right and very comfortable with that. <laughs> How do you collaborate with your chefs then on uh, and coming up with a different menu and stuff like that? Because you, you guys seasonally change your menu, right? Yes. So, I mean, we work permanently on changing the menu seasonally, of course. Um, and um, But also in the technical aspect. So we like trying to work on either techniques that we used to work with that mm-hmm. we try to bring back in a different mm-hmm. way or we try to research new techniques that usually are forgotten techniques and there's there's so many techniques out there um, cooking wise because if you look at cooking you know without electricity of course it's a way longer period you know it's you know they've found you know I I think they talk about cooking and fire being older than you know, Homo sapiens. Right, you know, right, right, being right, like right, really right. old. It's like right, right, right. before, <laughs> before us, yes. there was still right, right. like Dinosaur like, yes. before yeah. us, there was fire cooking. Yeah. You know, and uh, so I mean, of course, that's it's been been there for so. So there's periods of I mean, so so cooking with fire and cooking with cast iron and as we do with birch, it the. We've done that historically for such a long time in Sweden. So even the history has different mm-hmm. uh, techniques. So if you look at the 1700, they had a completely different te- uh, different cooking technique. Right. Because back then, 1700 is a really interesting uh, time in Sweden because it was so influenced by the French. The French cooking, like mm-hmm. the, the, the whole royal family was mm-hmm. French. and it was, it was a very big French period. And they really didn't like the flavor of grilled. Mm-hmm. They, didn't, they, they liked cooked things back then. Mm-hmm. And you can really see that in, in recipes, that when the fire was on, they didn't want the smokiness to come into the, to, to the flavor. They didn't use fat that much because they, were, they didn't want it to t- 
taste because that was the taste of poverty right. you know right, right, right. <laughs> it was like because right. there was a fire everywhere right. you know every house was, sure. was was heated with fire and every uh, every stove was heated uh-huh. by fire so they wanted you know to, to exclude that they wanted right. the the cook if a fine dining fine cooking back then yeah. was something that didn't taste of grill and didn't taste of fire yeah. and that's of course completely different from what we do today in a modern grill, you know, you want it to taste like charcoal, you know, you even would spray it with charcoal, yeah, Yeah, exactly. You infuse it with a smoke pistol. So it's it's super interesting to go back in history and see how cooking kind of like changes uh, with fashion. And um, so so you can look into that period of cooking and then you could find odd techniques that they used then and then we tried to put them back into this contemporary kitchen right yeah. but the difficult the, the, diffi- the most difficult part for us is that we kind of we wanted to look modern on the plate right because mm-hmm. you know coming here is not like going to the museum yeah, it's supposed right. to be high end cooking right, right. because right. You know, otherwise this is, wouldn't be a point having right now so I, us- I usually say that we're this kind of like we're a restaurant Competing against motor yachts in, on with the sails, yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so it's, uh, but it, it, it's fun. It's a right. lot of fun. Yeah. Right. So do you still not have electricity and water? Uh, in a summer house, we don't know. Oh, okay. But we we have a modern house now. Oh, so. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So see how long your wife yes. you know, dealt with that. <laughs> no, I cook I cook eggs for my kids for breakfast oh, on okay. an electric stove. Yes. Right, right. <laughs> All right, so wouldn't you agree he is one cool dude? He's got a cookbook out right now. You can get it on Amazon. I'm going to make sure and and link it in uh, the show notes, so be sure and check that out. And I sure hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to follow me on Twitter at Shauna Game and Instagram at Millennial underscore Money. 